understand the next time you play your family. And to me, there's nothing more important. Not gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride. Hey, Shy Hearts, and welcome to a special edition of Meet Us at Molly's, because, Bryno, where are we? We are currently sitting in our hotel room in Chicago! Chicago! We are in Chicago. I'm so excited. Brian is so excited. Yeah. Um, we are doing a little bit different of an episode tonight. Instead of covering one show per episode, we're just going to cover all three episodes in one episode. It's going to be kind of quick hits. So we're not really going... Like we're not scene going, by scene. Right. We're not going through each episode with like a fine tooth comb. We're just going to hit the high points and the low points. So, with that said, should we jump into the news or should we tell everybody what we did today? Um, should we, let's start with what we did today. Okay. Yeah. We, um, I got into Chicago about 1130. You did as well, actually. Yeah. But you got up earlier than I did. Yeah. I was up at 330 East Coast time. Ugh. That's awful. But I beat the wind, so that's really what's most important. And that is what matters. Yeah. We here. had good weather, too, because the forecast said it was going to snow like hell here. Yeah. And it didn't. No, it's gorgeous weekend in Chicago. Gorgeous weather. I mean, it's cold, but, like, it's gorgeous. It's not even that cold. No. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, yeah, so uh, we did that, and then we got to our hotel, and the first thing we did upon arriving to our hotel is, of course, rewatch Chicago PD. Yeah. Because why wouldn't you watch <laughs> Who Chicago? else are we? Yeah, what else On are we going to nice, do? nice, like, smart TV, we yeah. just, like, log into Hulu straight on the TV. It's great. This hotel is, like, the, the TV in this hotel is, like, the shit. I know. I want one for myself. I know. We need to start binging something, like, together so you can just, like, start <laughs> one show. Yeah. We're gonna do, of course we're going to binge the shows, like. That's what true. Else, what else are we going to do this week? If we can log into Amazon here, like, I got all the shows. Yeah, so we got Yeah, we got to research that later. But, yeah, we did that. And then where did we, what did we do after that? We walked to Navy Pier, which is where the Chicago Heroes event is being held. Um, we had lunch. We did. At Giordano's. Bryna finally had her deep dish. Yes, it was incredible. <laughs> um, and, yeah, and then we went and got, you know, our registration packets. And then, yeah, we came back here and just kind of been chilling. Oh, uh, what about the expedition? We oh, just went yeah, on to find wine. Oh, yeah, we just went on an expedition to find wine. We did. Um, but, yeah, otherwise, we're just kind of chilling, and, yeah. We're chilling in the hotel ready room. for tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow's going to be a pretty busy day. We got the Lottie's party tomorrow night. I'm excited about that. Yeah, we have a lot going on tomorrow. A lot. And, I mean, Sunday, too, but tomorrow especially. Yeah, but we're going to get we're gonna try to bring you as much coverage as we can. Um, we're going to live tweet as much as we can. Interviews. Instagram. Yeah, Instagram. Just keep your eyes peeled everywhere. And if you haven't been checking our Instagram, we updated our story a lot today, so you should definitely take a look at that. If it's still up by the time you're listening to this. If not, we're going to try to make a special, like, video of, like, all our Instagram stories, so you can just check that out if you've missed any. Indeed. So, yeah, that's what we did today. Uh, we're recording now, and then we're going to do some homework, because we got to prep for tomorrow. Yep. And we don't know. So, and then we'll probably watch some more Hulu or Netflix, because... Why not? The TV in this hotel is awesome. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so let's go ahead and jump into the news. And again, you know, this is the first week back from Olympic hiatus, and there's been a ton of news. Oh my god, so much news. So much news. We very well may spend, like, the first hour of this episode just talking about the news, because there's just so much. And it's mostly just episode descriptions, but there's other stuff, too. Yeah, but there's also a lot of things to vent about, and yeah. All of the things. All the things. Brenda, start us off. Okay, so the first piece of news that we got is PD has cast Titus, and I'm going to say this last name wrong, Welliver, mm-hmm, okay. um, as a meth dealer in season five. 
Um, and apparently this character, his name is going to be Ronald Booth, and he was release- recently released from prison, which obviously can't be good. Um, and so the character description is, Booth can slide from chilling charm to fervent rage in an instant. He may be handsome, intense, intelligent, cunning, and mercurial. I don't even know if I know that word. That's a big old word. <laughs> but don't let that fool you. He's capable of anything. Um, and apparently he's going to... Uh, appear in episode 18 which is I think one of the ones we have an episode description for we have so many episode descriptions I'm searching right now yes we do have that episode description so we'll talk about that we will and Titus Welliver he's basically the villain in everything you've ever seen ever yeah like his they you know they talk about all the things he's known for and so it's like in addition to playing the man in black on Lost um, he's known for his roles on The Good Wife, Sons of Anarchy, Deadwood. He's also had stints on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Suits, The Last Ship, NYPD Blue. So All bad guys. He's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. He's everywhere. <laughs> All bad guys. Yeah. But Jesse did post the other day, and he was like, when the bad guy's actually pretty cool, so, you know. Well, he did? Something like that. It was on Instagram. On stories? Uh, no, I think it was a regular post. Uh, I'm going to look this up right now. I missed that. <laughs> So the other piece of news we got was, you know, as you guys know, this coming week is the crossover, the big Chicago Fire, Chicago PD crossover. It's also Chicago PD's 100th episode. I feel like that fact is getting lost. Yeah. Like, it's the 100th episode. It's, it's kind a big of, deal. But it's also, like, what we've been talking about. Like, as much as I'm excited for this crossover and I think the promo makes it look really cool, mm-hmm. I'm kind of upset that they didn't get their own thing to, like, stand out for the 100th episode. Oh, same, same. And we've talked about this. Yeah. Yeah, same. And so it's basically just an article. Um, it's an article with LaRoyce, and it just says, you know, Harvey, Illinois' own LaRoyce Hawkins. It's a radio piece, actually. There's, like, a radio component to it. Oh, yeah. It's, like, from WGN. That's right. Yeah. So it's really cool. It's, like, a little – I didn't get to listen to the whole thing, but it's, you know, a decent – I mean, decent length. So, yeah, I definitely will tweet it out, and you should definitely go check it out because it's kind of cool when they do something different like that, like the radio. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. So the next piece of news we've got – I've got a lot to rant about with this. Okay, this is a good one. And I know we all saw this earlier this week because we all just went nuts on Twitter. So TV Line had the balls to release a ranking of all of the One Chicago couples. All the One Chicago couples that have actually legitimately been in relationships. So, like, for example, Stellaride doesn't count because they have not officially ever been in, like, a A committed relationship. That's more than just a hookup. Right. And they ranked, like, even the quickest of ones. Like, um, they went with Vicky and Ethan on I, Med. Oh, I have a... Yes. We're, yeah. And Should I go ahead into my rant about Vicky and Ethan being... If you want to. Granted, I know everybody right now is, like, looking at their screen being like... Who is Vicky? Vicky? Yes. Okay, Vicky is the fellow veteran that Ethan met in season one. Vicky and Ethan are higher on the list than Mills and Dawson. Okay. I have a what problem with that. What the hell? I just... I feel like that's not okay. Like, I'm not even the biggest, like, obviously, like, I prefer Dawson over Mills and Dawson, but Mills and Dawson were good. They were good for what they were. Right. They were good for what they were. We all knew Dawson and Casey were going to be endgame. So, like, for the fact that just being, like, the first relationship, like, yeah, they were really good. And Vicky and Ethan, I don't even think they lasted, like, Four episodes? Like, Not even four. I want to say, like, two. two right. I want to say, like, they said hi at Med. Vicky and Ethan slept together. They went to some Navy shindig, and that was it. Right. Yeah, so the fact that they made it higher on the list than Mills and Dawson, like, yeah. what? Okay, well, you want to you want to talk about higher on the list than another couple. This one irks oh. me to death. They ranked Severide and Brittany over Severide and Anna. Severide and Brittany are, like, number seven or something like that. What in the world? Okay, there's, like, 27 couples. 28. Something like that. Uh Uh-huh. 
Severin and Brittany are like seventh. Like, what the hell? I wouldn't rank them in the top ten. I wouldn't rank them in the top 15. Okay, well. I mean, I no, I wouldn't even rank that as Severide's best ship. No, that was not Severide's best Sever, ship. That's Severide's third best ship. Second is who? Well, I mean, I guess if you're not counting this list, like, I'd say Stellaride is in there. Uh, but Stellaride's not included on this list. Yeah. But if you're including Stellaride, then it's second. But if you're not including Stellaride, then Severide and Brittany are second. Only to Severide and Anna. Yeah. That's some bullshit. Yeah, I also think, I think it's funny. So they made a note, like, because obviously they give a little paragraph about, like, why they're ranked the way they are. I think it's funny, although I kind of wonder the same thing. So they made a point about, like, whether or not Brittany and Severide ever actually got a divorce. And I, like, my first thought was, like, well, we're not going to see another Halstead situation with this down the line, are we? Oh, my God. (laughs) I try to forget that Jay was married. I really, really try. I know. Yeah, but so, like, if they're not divorced, which I don't think they actually probably are. Oh, my God. Like, if he ends up getting, if Severide ever gets married again, then, like, we're gonna end up with the Halstead situation. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And we've already got Connor going in Severide's direction, which we're gonna talk about, so it's just, oh, this is a mess. But if we touch on the top, like, five. Okay, so I remember Linstead came in, what, fourth? Linstead, yes. Linstead came in fourth. Um, Berzik is three. Okay. Dossie is two, and Flouch is one. Okay, so I, at first, when I saw that number two, I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me right now. Who would put Dossie at number two? Right. But I guess if anybody's going to beat them in the number one spot, I guess it's got to be Plouch. I'm okay with Plouch being in the number one. Who was number five? Do you remember? I don't know, but I'm, I'll click on it and go for it. But kind of going off the Plouch, like why I'm okay with Plouch being number one, just because there's such goals. How, and um, I'm trying to think who, I wrote it down, who pointed it out on Twitter. Perry pointed it out on Twitter. Why is Cindy and Herman not on this list? Right? They're also missing Otis and Lily. Yes, that's true. But I, mean, I guess at that point, like, Otis, although we barely saw Ethan and whatever the fuck her name is, and they made Vicky? the list. Yeah. Halston and Camilla made the list at 27. They're yeah. the last ones, but they made it. Barf. Um, There were so many. I also thought... Like, scrolling through now so I can see who number five is. Um, Hallie and Casey only made it at, like, 24, which I kind of thought was a little low. Granted, I didn't like Hallie as much, but compared to some of the other couples that are on here, like, Ethan and whatever the fuck her name is are higher than Hallie and Casey. Like, what the hell? Okay, that is a little weird that Vicky and Ethan are higher than Hallie and Casey. We're cl- oh, Also, were Clarice and Shay ever, like, a committed couple? I, I guess they were. So. Oh, Vicky and Ethan. That's her name. You know, well, Renee and Severide, But Oh, God. Oh, Otis we'll get there. And, Otis and Katie made the list at 12, which made me happy. I liked Otis and Katie. I did, but I, you can't talk about Katie unless you talk about Lily. I know. Also, while I'm go- again, while I'm scrolling through the list to find who's number five, Roman and Burgess were never a couple. How the fuck did they make it to number 11? 11's pretty high for them. Right. They were never a committed couple. Well... They were never in a relationship. This is something we also need to ask Marina about. Because right. remember the trivia thing where she's like, yes, Roman and Burgess were a thing. And I'm like, no, they weren't. Please tell me, Marina, where they, they were a thing. were fuck buddies. Oh, okay, so Severide and Anna were eight. Um, Natalie and Will were seven. That's a little low. Antonio and Brett were six. Okay. So Severide and Brittany were five. <laughs> Over Bretonio? <laughs> Over Manstead, like, 
what the hell? Do you even want to talk about? And Bowden and Donna were nine. I thought that was almost a little low. That is a little low. I would put Bowden and Donna higher. Brittany and Sever, I'd be Bowden and Donna. Whoever watches that show clear, or whoever made that list clearly does not watch the shows that diligently and was just like, right. oh shit, it's another ship I need to throw in there. Also, Cindy and Herman, I would throw them in the top Oh, 10. I would, yes. Wait, in the top two? Ten. Oh, I thought you said two and I was like, over Dossie? Like, I know, right? <laughs> yes, no, I would definitely throw Cindy and Herman in the top ten, 100%. And Bowden and Donna in the top ten. Yeah, well, they are in the top ten. They just need to be higher in the top ten. They're number nine. Yeah, they need to be higher. Yeah. I don't understand how Severide and Brittany... Okay, let's read this description. Okay, so the description for why Severide and Brittany are five. Although Severide has had longer relationships, his quickie Vegas marriage to graphic designer Brittany is still the one we think about the most. No. And not just because we're... And not just because we're still not sure if they ever got divorced. Both characters were struggling with the loss of a loved one, so what started as off as a potentially disastrous idea, getting hitched to a stranger on a whim, come on, actually became so moving and emotional that even their split was romantic. <laughs> no. no it wasn't. I'd argue that the one I still think about the most is Anna. Mm-hmm. And granted, not that Brittany was a bad ship for Severide. I mean, granted, I'm not sure I like the way they got together, but, like, she did bring out a lot of things. You know, she made him open up and talk and whatever. So, like, I understand that. Like, for in that case, she is a good shit for him. Yeah. But not in the top five. Hell not no. even the top ten. Hell no. Like I said, if you're picking, out of the ones on this list, if you're picking a Severide ship, it's got to be Severide and Anna. For sure. Absolutely. Were Severide and April on that list at all? No, but Severide and Lindsay were. Oh, they, I man. think, are 12. You know, Severide and April, I don't think ever were, like, officially anything. I think no, they, they kinda, weren't. I liked them. They, that, that was an underrated Severide sort of ship. Natalie and Jeff also made the top ten. Ew. Which, again, not a terrible one, but, like, why not the top ten. Not the top. Um, Let's see. What was I looking for? Otis and Katie were 12. So who was, what was I just thinking? Oh, Severide and Lindsay are 13. I am not a Lindsay girl. Like, I get it. They had to do it. It made too much sense for them to get together. They're the two hot ones. It made sense, but I just didn't like them together. Lindsay didn't want to put up with this shit. This is what it says. It says, the characters seem so perfectly suited to each other. Both are fierce, determined, and tough as nails. But too much of the same makes it hard to grow together, as we learned from one of the franchise's first crossover couples. Yeah, I'd go with that. I'd agree with that. I just don't know if I agree with it being 13. But there's a bunch of other couples I'd rather have after them, so I'm okay with it there. True. It's not the worst thing there. Oh, but yeah, man. so that's like a, we had a lot to say about this. That article set like one Chicago Twitter just on fire this week. Well, I remember crazy. you texted it to me and at first I was like, oh, okay, that's cute, whatever. And then I actually got to like click on it and read it and I was like, what the fuck is this? Oh my God. So crazy. Just, yeah. But I, I, I guess I agree with Plouchet number one. Especially given the sneak peek we just watched before we started recording. Yeah, the sneak peek of the crossover. Oh my god. Yeah. No, I definitely, I think, I don't know. I think it's the most universal ship. Like, because so many people have mixed feelings about Dossie. Like, so many people have mixed feelings about Linstead, mm-hmm. Burzik, whatever. That I think it's the one that, like, if you're going to make a couple number one, it's the easiest for people, like, everyone to agree on and be like, okay. But we also hardly see them. Right, and that's, I think, the problem with the crossover, which we'll get to the Bretonio stuff. I have a lot to say about the Bretonio stuff, but it made, someone brought up a point on Twitter about how, like, Bretonio is a fire ship, which I think is really interesting. Like, you never see Bretonio on PD. You don't. That's a good point. And so, 
And I'm trying to think about it in terms of Plouch. Like, where do we see them the most? Fire. Right. So what is it? I don't know. That's a good point. So, like, but yes, it is very hard for crossover. And I understand that's why part of the problem with Bertonio exists, like, that exists, like, with them breaking up constantly. But, like, I think there's a better way to do it. Yeah. Somehow. Interesting. Oh, that list. Yeah. Um, we're going to tweet out all the links, of course, and we're not going to forget this time like we say we will every week. Um, it just might not be exactly as soon as this episode comes out. No, because we're just like... We're in Chicago. We're on vacation. Though. We're so busy. We're not complaining, though. We love it. So, another piece of news that we got. This is all... And it wasn't just, like, a ton of news this week. It was a ton of news that made us yell. <laughs> I wish we could, like... I wish there's just, like, a running look into our text, our group text. Right. Because... There was a lot of caps. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see this headline, and then we're all just going to take a minute to, like, facepalm, okay? So, the news is that Sarah Shahi is returning for a season-ending Chicago Fire arc. Now, if you can't remember who Sarah Shahi was, take it on back to season one, and it's Renee. All together now, we're going to facepalm. Ready? One, two, three, and facepalm. <laughs> oh, my God. Ugh. This is, like... I, as soon as you said this, I was like, no, 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 fuck, 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 and fuck. And I was like, Ashley's not going to understand this because Ashley never finished season one. Right. She only saw the first, like, two, three episodes. So we, it was just a bunch of me and you yelling and all caps. It really was. It was a lot of, it was a lot of expletives, a lot of no's, a lot of just, yeah. Oh, I also man. just don't understand. I mean, we can get into, like, a little bit more. I'll pull up the article. We can get into a little bit more of the details. But, like, why bring back a character from season one and two who we've literally never talked about since then? I just, because this, season six seems to be the season of making shit really difficult for Kelly. And, like, not even for the sake of anything. It's just, like, let's just make his life a pain in the ass. Yeah. So, apparently, she's gonna reprise her role for at least three fucking episodes. We did not ask for this. Um... So it says, when the character returns, Renee shows up to the firehouse because she needs some fire expertise for a law case she's working on and thinks of Severide and wants to make it up to him for the way she left in season two. Of course, this comes at a very inopportune time for Severide. Didn't she... Somebody on Twitter mentioned when, like, when they read this article, somebody on Twitter, and I can't remember who it was, I'm sorry, but somebody tweeted us and was like, she's got some balls coming to him for this case, given the way she tried to set him up and then left. Right, and I have, you know, I granted she's not as bad as Hope. Like, she's not as bad as, like, a bunch of other people that could come back. But, like, yeah, the way she left was not great. And, like, I under, like I understand she wasn't trying to do it. Like, she really thought it was his. Like, I get that. Mm-hmm. But, like, it still doesn't make it okay. It just, it's, it's bad. It's bad. It's, yeah. And so Twitter kind of had the same reactions as we did. We got a tweet from Jessica, and it was pretty to the point. It was just all caps, and it was, she better not bring that damn baby with her. Yeah, a lot of people, I think, and I don't know if it's jokingly or not, but a lot of people seem to, on Twitter, seem to have kind of been throwing around the idea that, like, what if she, you know, that whole time it was actually Severide's baby? I'm like, oh my god, if, I will cringe so If that's hard. the case, then she's worse than Hope. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially if she, like, Yeah. And, like, can you imagine her coming back and being, like, it's actually your baby? And then, like, Stella having to take on the role of Shay and being, like, you need to get a DNA test. Oh, my God. Yes. I didn't even think about what Stella's role in all this is going to be. Stella's going to be, like, who the fuck is this? 
Right. And then we're going to sit her down and be like, all right, Stella, here's some wine. We're going to watch Story season time. one. We're going to watch season one. <laughs> yeah, sit down. Let us educate you yeah. on who Renee Royce is. It's so bad. And I'm just, I'm wondering, because all this stuff's going to go on. We don't know where Stella Ride's going to be at at this point. I mean, granted, we'll talk about Stella Ride, but <laughs> his mom and dad are both going to be around. Yeah. Because mom is And I wonder if that's in. why the inopportune time. Like, what if she pops up when he's dealing with family shit? Yeah. And Chief Grissom's going to be around. Oh, fucking shit. Like, what are they doing with Severide this season? I feel like we ask this question every single year, but, like, this season it's just, like, let's mildly inconvenient Severide. Let's see all the different things we could do. Let's make his coffee cold this morning. Let's, like, you know, let's, like... Let's ha- almost have him die. Yeah, yeah, let's just, yeah, just... Let's just kill him a couple times. A couple times. back to life. And bring, yeah, just, like, on Supernatural, which you don't watch, but... Yeah, just, uh, and I put in the outline here, I was like, he's going to sleep with her, and around the circle we go. Dear God, no! He's been so good this season. Well, besides Hope. And if he sleeps with her, Stella's going to be just, like, devastated. Yeah. It's going to, like, ruin any chance of Stella ride. Oh, theory. What if this leads into the Miranda article? article? Which I think we should talk about next. Yeah, let's skip. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I, I have it pulled up. Go ahead, Brenna. Okay, so there was an exclusive interview thing um from us weekly um with marina mayo and so you know she's talking whatever and she said apparently don't hold your breath fans about stella and severide getting together um she said um i can say that when she finally makes a decision it causes waves with severide in a way she didn't anticipate it makes her see him and all that they shared together a lot differently and then she goes on to say, however that, does, or that, however that doesn't mean there's romance in their future, it actually may mean the opposite. When asked if she could see Celeride together, she surprisingly said no. In her mind, that ship has sailed. He views her as a friend, and she does her best to respect that. And then she says, plus she's in a relationship with Zach, and he could actually become more serious um, than fans have seen. He's handsome, they laugh, he has a job in the CFD, so he understands what she does and isn't intimidated by it. All signs point to a serious relationship in her mind. She also loves that he's not put off by her assertive nature, and he really enjoys her for exactly who she is. Talking about Zach. But everything she just described about Zach could also be applied to Severide. Yeah. I'm looking to see if there's anything um, that's about being recognized. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, she teases about Bartonio. What? <laughs> she said... Uh, Us Weekly says, what can you ex- or what can you say about the rest of the season? And she goes, not much. There are a few fun surprises with Bertonio coming up and a lot of action for the firehouse. We yeah. do have a heart-wrenching episode where one of the firefighters gets shot and we're not sure if they're... <laughs> what? <laughs> we're not sure if they're going to make it. We also get to meet Severide's mom. And that's the end of the article. I did not read the article all the way through. I should have. No, I should have. Somebody's getting shot? Apparently. What? We have a heart-wrenching episode where one of the firefighters gets shot, and we're not sure if they're going to make it. Maybe it's not somebody at 51. This seems to make it seem like it's somebody at 51. What the fuck? Yeah, I did not read that far. I'll be honest, I did not read that far. I read through the stellarized Moral of the story, always read to the end of the article. Yeah. That escalated quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I kept reading, and I was like, wait, she teased about Bretonio. Wait a second. Someone's gonna get shot. What the hell? Long story short, we don't know what the fuck's gonna happen on the trial fire. We're just along for the ride. We have no idea. We have no fucking clue. But anyway, so my theory being that, like, what if that thing that she was just teasing about Mm -hmm. has something to do with Renee? Because what else? 
Otherwise, based on that EW description of why Renee comes back, that's like a one episode thing. Yeah. So why else would Renee come back for at least three episodes? Ew. <laughs> I don't even like saying the fact that she's coming back for at least three freaking episodes, Gina. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it either. Three freaking episodes. Nope. Nope, nope. No. Just don't Mm-mm. like it. Nope. On a semi-more positive note, <laughs> I guess, um, there was a TV Guide article this week, and the yeah, crossover will contain a Bretonio reunion. Yeah, I've got it pulled up. Um, one little fun tease, so apparently there's a lot of crossovers and conversations and scenes with people you might not normally see, which is kind of cool. Which we just saw in a sneak peek that we just watched. Yeah. Um... This is blah, blah, blah. Wait, and Bowden will find themselves holed up in it together in a surveillance van. Upton and Burgess are going to have scenes. Um, they're going to, yeah, like you said, Brett and Antonio. Um, I'm trying to see whatever. I think that's it. There's a scene within Fire's episodes that apparently doesn't have Fire characters in it. Yeah, that. well, that's interesting that you bring that up because I know Derek had said this is going to be a more cohesive crossover. It's not yeah. going to be something where they're like, oh, hey, look, this thing got lit on fire. Oh, hey, look, we found a criminal case. Here you go, PD. Right. It's going to be like one cohesive two-hour like unit of a Literally, crossover. Literally, like crossover every minute kind of thing. I'm so okay with I'm that. Re- I'm really okay with that. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, that's kind of all we, we don't really know anything about. Why Bertonio reunites? We just saw in the sneak peek that we just saw, which is out on the internet, so we're not spoiling anything, but if you don't like spoilers, spoiler alert for the crossover episodes. Just, like, plug your ears and be like, yeah, la, la, la. Yeah. Skip forward, like, two minutes. Um, like, not even. <laughs> right. Um, Bretonio has a little thing where Brit- Brett and Dawson um, get a patient, in, like, coming into their ambulance, and they she won't go into the ambulance until she talks to some of her PD. So, of course... Antonio's standing right there, and Gabby's like, hey, Antonio, get in here. Like, we gotta go. She's not gonna make it, but, like, some, she's gotta talk to PD, so, like, you gotta come with us. So, of course, Brett and Antonio get in the back of the Ambo, and Dawson and Gabby's driving. Yeah, they do. So, that's one little Brettonio scene. We didn't get to see, obviously, them talking, but, like, they get in the back of the Ambo together, so I'm sure we're gonna see whatever the patient at least is saying to Antonio. We also, well, we do know that at some point, Antonio's gonna go to Voight, and he, they basically want to use Dawson and Brett undercover. So that's kind of the situation there. And you know Antonio is going to be flipping the F out. Right, like his two most important girls yeah. are going undercover. He's Ambo 61's, like, number one fan. Right. So, I mean, he's going to be flipping shit. Oh, my God. We, that would have been a great gift to get John. Like a t-shirt that said Ambo 61's, <laughs> Ambo 61's number, number one fan. One fan. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good. Oh, that would have been funny. But, yeah. So, at least, like you said, at least we're going to see a ta- at least one scene of Bartonio, if not more. Yeah. Yeah. But. So, there will be plenty of Bartonio, and I cannot wait. And don't tease us this time. Don't be all like, Bartonio reunion, just kidding. They don't want to be together. Oh, my God. Rude. Yeah. Ugh. So, now we get into the bulk of the news, because we got so many episode descriptions this week. Oh, my God. So many. Okay, yeah. Brenna, start us off and then just, like, throw it to me when you want to because there's so many yeah. episodes. Yeah, and we have these in order, and I'm like, we're going to say, like, when they air, what show, what episode number. Like, we have all our facts straight this week. I'm, like, not even drunk in my chair, like, slipped out from under me somehow. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so let's start with Chicago Med. Okay, so Chicago Med Season 3, Episode 11, 
Title, Gina, can you say it in French? Because I can't. It's French. Fully adieu. Okay, title, yeah, what she said. And it's <laughs> airing this Tuesday. So the episode, March 6th. So, like, this Tuesday from when we're recording on Friday. So the description is, after a neighbor is stabbed, Dr. Toy enlists the help of April to figure out who is the real cause of the incident. Dr. Becker and Dr. Rhodes' expertise is put to the test when Noah misdiagnoses a patient. No. Dr. Charles is put in an uncomfortable position when Dr. Reese's estranged father comes to him as a patient without her knowledge. Meanwhile, Dr. Manning rushes to save a baby with a whooping cough. And then, of note, I guess the two <clears throat> main, or three, I guess, because Roland is always a guest star, but... Jesse Lee Soffer is going to guest star in this episode. Woohoo! Yeah, super excited. I think this is the first time we've seen Jay on Med this season. Since 501. Oh, well, he wasn't on Med. It was on PD, but yes. Right. It was on PD, but the first time we've seen him in a Med episode. This season, yes. Yeah. So super excited. Um, Atoa Sando, who is Dr. Latham, um, and Eddie Jemison, who we didn't get to look it up, but we're pretty sure is Barry. I'm pretty sure that's Barry. Um... But yeah, which I kept kind of going off the Barry thing, and we're going to talk about this week's episode of Med, but I'm kind of surprised Barry is not more of a focus in this episode description. Well, they do that all the time, though. It's like all the times Berzik is hooked up, and then they've never addressed it again. Right, but, but like, this is such a big part for Maggie. Yeah. Like, that's like, that's like a big episode plot line. Like, mm-hmm. the twist. And we were talking about earlier, I wonder if that's the reason, because... PD had such a part in the Barry Maggie storyline this past week. I wonder if that's the reason Jesse's going to come back or if Jesse's going to come back because of something Manning, um, Halstead, Will, I don't even know, related. All I'm saying is I will take my Jesse how I can get him. Yeah. I mean, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I will definitely take Je- take Jesse in whatever form I can get him. But I'm just curious what form we're going to get him in. I'm sorry. I'm a child and I'm getting oh, about no. that. Oh, no. Eddie Jemison is not Barry. Shit. Who's Eddie Jemison? Eddie Jemison is, oh, fuck. What is the chief of emergency med? The one that, like, it's- Oh, oh, what's his face? Uh, stole. Yes. That's, yeah. So, I don't know if we're going to see Barry. Dang. We might, but. Interesting. Yeah. So, that is. This coming week, so this Tuesday, March March 6th, episode of Med. Okay, so <laughs> after that, we got the episode description for Chicago PD, season 5, episode 17, called Breaking Point. This airs on March 14th. So not this coming week, but the next week. And it is of note, we, from what everything we can tell, all the puzzle pieces we put together, that week, the week of the 12th, PD is the only one Chicago show airing a new episode that week. Yes. Yes. That's what we think. We As of everything, we all the puzzle pieces we think we've put together well enough. Yes. So the description for that says, When a prominent alderman known for his urban revitalization efforts is killed, intelligence looks into the corruption haunting his neighborhood. Meanwhile, Alinsky feels pressure after receiving an ultimatum from Woods. Okay, so the prominent alderman, that's interesting that we're not going to see Jesse Spencer. Because, like, what if he knew oh, this guy? Oh, interesting. Yeah, like, they're they're really trying to brush the whole alderman thing under the rug. You can't forget something that was, like, a season and a half worth of a storyline. Right. Like, if you, like, said, if he, like, had run for alderman and he didn't win... Okay, fine. I understand you trying to push that under the rug. He freaking won. He was an alderman. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 
And then Kate had sent us an email about this, and, like, that was the first time we'd even seen the episode description. Um, and she wonders if it's um, Ray Price. Oh, my God. Because we haven't seen him in a while. We haven't. I don't but think it's we've like, seen him since we came back from Christmas. It's Wendell Pierce, man. Like, you can't just kill Wendell Pierce. I know. I know. But he does have to go do the last season of Suits. <laughs> Sad face. Yeah. Um, but also, I think the other interesting part about this is the whole Alinsky thing. Yes. Because one thing we want to talk about later on, um, when we talk about this week's episodes, is just Alinsky's really not been a part of PD this season at all. Like, he's barely been there. So the fact that he's like, has a whole sentence to himself in an episode description is like, oh, okay. And There's the, Elias. The ultimatum from Woods has to be about Void oh, and the body, for sure. right? Yeah. Because, like, that's also the 17th episode. So that's like, pushing into like finale territory don't say that well no but like it is um and so the fact like they're gonna really build up the void woods thing for like the finale so yeah. that's like that would make sense mm-hmm. i hate that we're even talking about season finale territory i know which is crazy because it's only march but from what we can also tell after um like they're going on hiatus basically all of april so pd is yeah pd is from what we can tell crazy yeah so, yeah, that was, again, that was Chicago PD, Season 5, Episode 17, which airs March 14th. Um, so the next one we have is Chicago Med, Season 3, Episode 12, titled Born This Way, which airs on March 20th. And so this description is, Upon hearing news of a pregnant teen, Nat and Choi ventured to a homeless encampment to help deliver a baby under dire circumstances. Rhodes and Becker argue about the best way to treat a young boy with a chronic disease. Will and April are put in an uncomfortable position when they find out their patient is a pedophile. Goodwin and Maggie have to deal with a lawsuit against the hospital. Dr. Charles learns of important news pertaining to Dr. Reese's father, who is played by guest star Michael Gill. That or Michelle Gill. sounds good. Yeah, it sounds really good. I also think those are really interesting combos that we, besides the Rose and Becker combo, but those are interesting combos, like the Nat and Choi and Will and April. Like, we don't see that a whole lot. No, we really don't. Like, usually we see Will and Choi, like, if the couples aren't together, we see Will and Choi and Nat and April. That's true. That's true. You know, and I've always liked the Will and April combination. They've always had a bit of an understated friendship that I kind of wish they would develop a well, little bit more. because they've been together, I mean, they, they're the only two besides Goodwin who've been together or been around since the backdoor pilot. Since the and second Char- time Med blew up. <laughs> oh, and Dr. Charles. But, like, they're one of the, like, OGs for Med. Yeah. They're, like, two of the OGs. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm also trying to imagine how Nat and Choi are going to handle delivering a baby in a homeless encampment. Dear God. I feel like Choi's going to have it together. But I feel Natalie like... Natalie is not. Nat's going to be running around like a chicken without a head. Like... Natalie's not. That actually sounds really good. Yeah. That's going to be... That's going to be a good one. That's... Yeah. So... Um... Yeah. So the other episode description, one of the other ones, um, was Chicago PD Season 5, Episode 18, entitled Ghosts, airing March 21st. And this is where we're going to see Titus Welliver. So the description here says, Upton brings back an old undercover identity to help take down a meth ring spearheaded by a former criminal contact. And with pressure from Woods mounting, Voight calls in a favor for Alinsky. Dun, dun, dun. Voight calls in a favor for Olinsky? Yeah. So Woods backs Al into a corner? Apparently. 
Which is interesting because of all the characters, I would not expect Al to be able to get pushed into a corner. I mean, I would. He's done some shady shit in the past. Wait, what? Right as I'm mid-sip of my wine. Sorry. I mean, I could I could see Woods having stuff on Al. I mean, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just feel like Al is not the person to be intimidated by someone. True. That's what I meant by that. Like, that's why it's surprising to me. That is true. That is true. The other thing they didn't mention here is that this is going to be the episode where we see Upstead kind of bond a little bit. Because she's going to go undercover and Jay's going to be the one who has to reel right. her in. Jay's, yeah, Jesse's been talking about that in interviews recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. That'll be an interesting the PD, one. The How's PD, your wine before we move on? Oh, I need more wine. Um, the PD um, descriptions have been a little lacking recently. Like, compared to the Fire and Ned ones, <clears throat> the PD ones are so short. Like, they don't give us a lot. They really are. The one Kate, for, I think, had pointed that out in her email to us. Yeah, and the crossover one is just, it was a sentence. Like. Yeah, but yes, the fire part of the crossover one was like, put this back over there, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the fire one of the part of the crossover was like an entire paragraph. Yeah. So it's interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, that'll be. I like the Haley episodes, too. Like, Twitter kind of splits in opinions on the Haley episodes. Like, she's part of this cast, just like everybody else. I think it's because people are split in the fandom, especially on Twitter, about Haley because of the whole role she plays in following Lindsay's shoes. She technically came on to replace Burgess. Uh, Yeah, I guess she, yeah, when Marina went on maternity leave. Hmm. But she really, because she's now Jay's partner, she plays, she replaced Lindsay. Yeah. Or it seems that way, yeah. So She replaced Lindsay. Yeah, I mean, we're headed in an interesting direction on PD. Yeah. yeah. And that's the last episode. From what we can tell and things we've read and things we've seen on Twitter, that's the last episode. So 318 airing on March 21st. That's the last episode before PD goes on a hiatus in April. It's probably so that all three shows can, can have their up. finales in the same week. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah, so I can't believe we're already talking about the finales. Yeah, I know. Oh, crazy. So, another one we got. It looks like we're going to get a little treat here. Chicago Fire, season 6, episode 14, um, and episode 15. So, it looks like we're going to get a two-hour episode of Fire on March 22nd. So, like, clear your calendars. Like, rally the squad. Get your food and snacks in place. It's going to be, like, one yeah, of those throw nights. A party. We're going to have to change the recording schedule now that I think about that. (laughs) We'll get there when we get there. We'll get there when we get there. But so we're going to get season six, episode 14, looking for a a lifeline. This lifeline. I'm not even that drunk. Lifeline. I'm like, lifetime? (laughs) Um, It's been a long day. It has, yeah. It airs March 22nd during the 9 p.m. Eastern hour. So 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. This is the first one. So the description says, after responding to a car accident, Casey and Dawson become skeptical when a domineering husband continues to answer for his injured wife. Cruz becomes frustrated with Herman and Mouch when he discovers they've contacted people regarding his Slamigan invention without his knowledge. Kid uncovers something meaningful and important to Severide, while Brett discovers some potentially unsettling news. Now, if we look at the guest stars, we got quite a few. So we've got Nick, of course, who plays Will. Yaya plays April. John Seda, Antonio's coming on over. 
Marina. So Burgess is coming over too. It's a big old party. <laughs> and Gary Cole, which is Chief Grissom, boo. But everybody else is pretty cool. So, I mean, actually, should we go into the second part of this? Like, this sentence is a double episode before we start talking about theories Yeah, go for stuff? it. Go for okay. it. So the episode 15 description, The Chance to Forgive, which is airing during the 10 p.m. Eastern hour, um, the description goes like this. So in response to a call involving a residential fire, Otis and kids' lives are suddenly put in jeopardy when gunfire goes off inside the house. Dawson comforts Brett during an especially trying time. Casey begins to notice that a romance might be going on within the firehouse. And then the guest stars are, so Brian T., who plays Choi, Marlon Barrett, who plays Maggie, John Seda, again, who hey. plays Antonio, and then Gary Cole, who plays Chief Grissom. Ew. Okay. So, the theory, the first theory I threw around here was that the Brett stuff, obviously, that the fact that she discovers some potentially unsetting news... Um, and then in the second part, Dawson's comforting Brett during this time. The fact that John Sadis in both episodes, like, it's got to be Brett's pregnancy, right? I, yeah, I think so. Because Derek did an interview this week, I think. Um, somebody did an interview this week and ste- and they, like, teased, like, a kind of steamy hookup scene in the crossover. Yeah. What? They used, like, that word, too. I, I think I sent it to you earlier this week. But, like, I mean, clearly Brett and Antonio are going to have a quote-unquote reaction to the stress of the day, right? <laughs> of course they are. Yeah. And the fact that he's in both episodes. Uh-huh. Like, come on. It's so obvious. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so obvious. I mean, I'm excited to see how it goes down. But, yeah. like, yeah. I just really hope if Brett is the pregnancy, whoever the pregnancy is, like, it's going to I really hope they, like, one of my least favorite tropes in the world, like, least favorite tropes in the world, is when a character gets pregnant, advances the storylines of a bunch of other characters, and then once that storyline has been advanced, like, boom, that prayer, that character's not pregnant anymore. Yeah. I hate that. Like, I'd almost rather, even though it would bring a lot of complications to her job as a paramedic, like, I'd rather her see, see her go through her pregnancy, and if she decides she doesn't want it, like, give it up for adoption. Like, I'd rather just see her, like, I want to see a character be pregnant on that show. Well, yeah, I just... Because I, they don't. Right. Because of this job. And so, like, if they want to stay on the job and, like, they can't be pregnant, which I get, but, like, somebody's got to be pregnant at some point. Right. I, I still feel to this day that the way they handled Dawson's pregnancy in season four was a total cop-out. Mm-hmm. Total cop-out. They weren't ready yet. No. They were going to wait until Dawson got married, but Dawson wasn't married yet. Still a cop-out. Yeah, no, for sure, but I'm saying, like, that's what they want to have a, they want Dossie to have a baby when they're married. I still say that Gabby is going to absolutely hate being pregnant. Oh, for sure. She's going to hate it. Brett's going to hate it. That's true. Every, everyone, if Stella got pregnant, Stella would hate it. Anyone in that firehouse would hate it. Because they so, their jobs are so physical and active and, like, that's just who they are. Right. Like, they want to be on the go and whatever, and, like, if they get stuck to desk duty... Who got stuck? Wasn't it Gabby? Oh, it was Gabby went to arson. Yeah. And I mean, granted, she went to arson, but like, she still wasn't her, it still wasn't her favorite. True story. Also, two things to note in the second half of the hour. So the thing that Miranda just said about the gunfire, the fact that Otis and kids' lives are suddenly put in jeopardy (gasps) when gunfire goes off. I just put that together. (gasps) Yeah. So I'm thinking it's got to be Otis or kid. No. Also second part 
Casey begins to notice that romance might be going a romance might be going on within the firehouse. Romance between who? Stella Ride. Come on. But if Stella Ride in the first half of this episode is when Kid uncovers something meaningful and important to Severide, where in the Miranda article, she said when she does that, it's kind of like, well, shit. I don't know. That's my guess is that it's Stella Ride because, like, who the fuck else? Right. Who the fuck else? And if if Brett's going to receive some set, unsettling news, she's not going to be sneaking around with Cruz. No. No. And the fact that John Sade is in both episodes. True story. What if it's Connie? <laughs> <laughs> I love Connie. Like, what if it's something like Connie? Or, like, what if it's Cruz with somebody? Like, what if some? What if it's not necessarily some, like, two characters in the house, but a character who's sneaking around, like, and brings someone into the house and, like, hooks up with them? So, like, what if it would say, like, what if it was Cat? <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> like something like that where it's like half in somebody and then they like hook up in the like common room or like Speaking bed. of Cap, wasn't 614 when Cap and Tony were supposed to get their like standalone scene? Is it? I want to say it was. Dear God, Derek, if you're listening, please don't have cut that. Yeah, please don't cut that. <sighs> oh, we should drop that down for um Randy and Tony. We should. See, like, did you film it? Yes. Did you, does it work? This is what happens when you get us to record an episode in Chicago after the day we've had. We drink wine and just ramble. Yeah, and when we have to do homework later to co- finish coming up with questions. Yes, yes. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's definitely something to ask them. But so, the, yeah. but yeah, so there's a lot of things in those two episodes. I'm kind of glad, though, that we're getting them back to back. I don't think I could have taken a week in between those two. Same. And we've never gotten Chicago Fire back to back. We've only gotten PD, like two hour episodes. We've never gotten. We have. Yeah. I've only been, I mean, I've only watched one and a half seasons of No, Fire, yeah, we've only ever had so. PD back to back two up in two hour episodes. So Fire two hours will be nice. Yeah. We wouldn't have to deal with the uh, semi shitty comedies that come before PD or I'm Fire also, shit. I'm also just curious because there's a lot of, I mean, granted, in the first part, there's you know, John and Marina, but in both episodes, there's a lot of med guest stars. Yes. So I'm curious to see, like, what that, how that works. Especially because Med is not a part of the big crossover in, like, a few days. Also true. I think they said it would be, though. I think they just said that it would be, like, looped in. Right. I mean, they are. But, like, it's not, like, it's not a Med, PD, and Fire crossover. It's a PD and Fire crossover with some Med guest stars. True story. But this is, like, I mean, four in two episodes. Like, that's a lot. Yeah. And they're both, they're all different. Like, it's Nick and Yaya and Brian and Marlon. It's true. So. Lots of stuff happening. Yeah. But yes, as always, guys, if you see any news, please send it to us. That, um, that was a lot. That was a lot. We got lucky, though, with the Olympic hiatus because the news kind of accumulated. But as always, if you see anything, just tag us. Um, send it to us. However you want to get it to us, just go ahead. Um, three of us, sometimes two, Ashley's new job has just, like, Eating yeah. up her schedule. She doesn't love us anymore. Just kidding, Ashley. We miss you. <laughs> we miss you. We, we miss wish, you so we much. We wish you were here. Yes. Um, but yeah, if you see any news at all, please send it to us. So mm-hmm. with that said, I think we can now jump into our episodes. Yeah. So we got an email from Kate this week that pretty much summed it up quite accurately. Yeah. So she said, in all three episodes this week, it seems like up is down and down is up. Will Halstead became Natalie Manning. Natalie became all Gabby Dawson. Carter Rose became Kelly Severide. <laughs> Jay Halstead acted all Lindstead with Upton. 
Upton acted all of Matt Casey being righteous, and Kim Burgess went all Hank Voigt. <laughs> and it's so accurate. It's so accurate. So accurate. It was just madness this week. Oh my god, yeah. There's a... I mean, we're not even going through all, every episode in detail, and we still have a lot to talk about. For real, for real. So we're going to start with Med, because of course Med aired first, and again, these are just quick hits. So we're not breaking it down, like, by storyline, we're just kind of breaking down, like, the high and low points. So... The first thing we noticed about Chicago Mad, apparently Connor is excellent in bed. Yeah, Gina, you were tweeting from the Medusa Molly's account, and you had this excellent tweet about Connor's last name, like, becoming Severide, or, like, Connor's last name should be Severide, and, like, for real, though, like, Connor, who are you? Do you have to sleep with anything that has a vagina? Like... For real, for real. I was like, okay, so... He brought the one woman in who had, like, chest pains or something. And then Latham was like, what the hell? How did this happen? And Connor had to go in detail about how, like, we were having sex and this happened. Um, And then Ava had that line. Oh, I lost it. I can't remember specifically what she said, but it was something about, like, that's what Dr. Rhodes is, in, like, known for, in and out, nice and quickly. I've never laughed so hard in my life. So funny. So apparently, I mean, not, but it is. We but learned a lot more about Connor Rhodes this week than we ever wanted to. Yeah. Apparently, he's excellent in bed. But not true. Surprising, then, but yeah. And so the whole episode, that ASA girl is like stalking him, and I'm like, dude, like leave him alone. Right. You're being annoying. Yeah. And then he leaves with her at the end of the episode. Right. I was just like, who is Connor? Like what? So my when theory. We, need, we don't need a Kelly Severide on Med. Apparently we have one. My theory, maybe, like, Benny Severide and, like, Cornelius Rhodes are, like, half-brothers or something. <laughs> and, like, that's how Severide and Connor are related. Oh, that would make for some messed up shit. Wouldn't it, though? That would make for some messed up shit. Because Connor's totally acting like Severide right now. Yeah. But also, it would make for some messed up shit because of the whole April connection, like... Obviously, April and Severide kind of had a thing, but didn't really go anywhere, whatever. But then we just rewatched the med pilot, and April had that whole scene of flirting with Connor when he comes in. <laughs> so what if she was flirting with two half-brothers? <laughs> I like that theory. Connor and Severide like, half-brothers. Cousins. Oh my god, they're two totally cousins. Lucas and Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because you would say, so Nathan... Is Severide in this case? No, Nathan is Connor. Nathan had, like, the privileged upbringing and, like, the good stuff growing up. Right, but if you're talking about the Playboy part, Nathan is Severide. Yes. And then Connor is Lucas because Lucas turns into that because of the whole Brooke and Peyton thing. And then Connor's becoming that because he's becoming, like... We are definitely progressively getting drunker as this episode goes on. (laughs) I haven't even had that much. I mean, I'm on my second glass. Oh, I'm on my second glass. Yeah. Whatever. I'm further in than you. Whoops. But yeah. I'm going to run with this theory forever now. Like, every time any... I'm just going to link it to this theory that Connor and Severide are half-brothers. Wait, and that makes more sense because you know what I was telling you this afternoon about Severide in the river and how that was Nathan? (laughs) (laughs) And Nathan in their wedding episode at the end of season three when he gets into the river when the limo... Yes. Yes. So literally Nathan is Severide. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Does that make Stella Payton? No, Nathan is Severide. Hold on. No. This is headed down a dark road. We don't know who Peyton is yet. We have yet to find Peyton. Oh, shit. Okay. 
It doesn't totally work, but it works. It works. It works. So another point here, you know, of course the episode starts and Barry, or not Barry, uh, Natalie's like moonlighting a shift as a paramedic or something. Casual. Casual. Totally casual. And so this drive-by shooting happens and Barry's like, surprise motherfuckers, I got a gun. (laughs) (laughs) And as this happens, he pushes Natalie, like he pushes her down basically. Right. But he pushes her against the car and she hits her head. Whatever. We get to the hospital, and she's being super stubborn, and she's just like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I swear I'm fine. Cuts it 20 minutes later, and she pukes all over the desk. Nobody thought to check her for a concussion? Like, for real. Like, you don't even get that hit hard in some sports thing, and they're automatically, okay, we gotta catch you for a concussion. That is a thing on TV that I really hate, is how, like, female characters especially, they will just get the slightest knock on the head and be like, boom, knocked unconscious, or like, boom, concussion. It's like... But they don't get checked for it the same way. No, and I, I remember, because I, I had tweeted this from the Meet Us at Molly's account, and I was like, what the fuck, why aren't we checking Natalie for a concussion? And a lot of people were like, well, she refused treatment. But still, at that point, it's like, if your boyfriend is on staff with you, he needs to be like, cut the bullshit and get checked. Right. Like, be like, I think you have a concussion. I need you to get checked right now. Like, okay, Charlie and I sort of learned this lesson last week, two weeks ago, when we had our little flu scare. He got sick, too. But, like, yeah, he got sick, too, because, I mean, yeah. Um... Yeah, and so I was like, Charlie, like, you need to go to the doctor. And he was like, no, I don't feel that bad. I was like, cut the shit and go to the doctor. He didn't go to the doctor. But, like, that's kind of how it needed to be. Like, Will and Choi needed to be like, listen, like, you're being really irritable. You're stressing out. You're freaking out. Like, just get checked. Yeah. That's crazy. Not cool. That was scary. Yeah. So... But yeah, I definitely agreed. I was like, why isn't, like, it got to a point where it's, like, 45 minutes in and we're like, oh, Natalie just, find, like, we just found out Natalie has a concussion. Yeah. Like, this should have happened, like, 20 minutes ago. Yeah, and that was, like, 30 minutes or something, and I was like, you're just now, like, you could have saved that desk, all of that, like, <laughs> paperwork. Cute. Yes. But I don't know. But with that said, however, this is the best episode Will has had in a while. Oh, for sure. He was a great boyfriend. Yeah. He was a great boyfriend in this episode. Like, and then once Natalie was, like, down for the count, he kind of, like, stepped up for her. Yeah. And that was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, Brenna, go ahead. Okay. So, the biggest shocking thing that we have to talk about is that ending, where we find out that apparently Barry is not Barry. What? Yeah, apparently Barry had an incident, I guess, when he was a teenager or something like that. Um, and he, so he changed his name. So Barry has this whole entire past life that when he was even with Maggie the first time, he did not tell her about. And so she's like, wait, you mean my whole life basically with this man is a lie? He like catfished her before catfishing was a thing. Right. He catfished her without the social media part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I was just at that, you know, my first thought was like, well, where the fuck did this come? Like, I did not see this coming. Like, at all great twist by the med writers like that was very well done um but also I think something interesting to note um and just kind of my own opinion I don't like how they took a storyline that really should have been mainly about Maggie and then Barry by association like us being able to find out about Maggie's past should have been about like a Maggie situation and then by Barry by association because whether he was there when because they were together at that point or whatever but it should have been about Maggie and then Barry by association Mm -hmm. it made it mainly about Mary or 
about Barry and then Maggie. <laughs> we are tipsy. <laughs> Just a little bit. A little bit. And made it mainly about Barry and then Maggie by association. Yeah, this seemed like, if they're trying to find a way for Barry to like exit the show, this seemed like a really half-assed way to do it. Well, I don't even think it's about that, but I think, you know, because I got to talk to Marlon, oh God, when was that? Early January? In early January? Something like that. Um, Yeah, it was like in early January, right after the holidays. Um, And so, you know, I asked her about that. And I was, you know, I was asking her about like whether we were going to learn more about Maggie and her personal life or whatever. And she's like, yes, of course. Obviously, we see it a little bit with like the Barry coming back in in more of a full-time position. But I kind of guess I thought it was going to be more about Maggie's past. And then obviously, I figured Barry would be a part of that. But this is more about Barry and Barry's past, and why Maggie didn't know about it. And Maggie's kind of the afterthought in the association. And I don't like that. Because this is not, Barry's not a main character on the show, Maggie is. Right. So that kind of really disappoints me. Um, But I mean, I'm going to give it a, I mean, obviously I'm going to give it a shot. I'm really curious to see what this twist is. Like I said, I did not see this coming. And I think, well done to the med writers, Jeff. We know you're listening, um, but yeah, I think that's, it was a great, like, I remember, I mean, we were texting, I was like, wait, what, where the fuck did this come from? It was crazy, yeah, it was, it was crazy, I just, and, and like, we still don't know whether they were, like, just seriously involved or if they were married, but, like, if they were married and Barry's not who he says he was. Right, and, like, how long were, like, we don't know any details, like, we know they were together at one point in life. Yeah. Um, but, like, were they young? Like, were they, like, high school sweethearts? Were they college sweethearts? Were, like you said, were they married? Were they just dating? Were they engaged at one point? Like, we don't know any details. Right. So I'm curious, like, and from that front, like, I'm okay with the fact that, you know, Barry does have a past, and so, like, it's going to obviously bring up details about their past together. But like I said, I just thought, I just wish it was more about Maggie and by association Barry. Right, and this is a weird way for Maggie to have her heart broken. Yeah. Because they shared that really sweet moment in the middle of the episode where they were like, I want a second chance. I want to do this all over. Right, because Barry gets shot. Right. I mean, granted, it's not, like, life-threatening or anything, but he gets shot in that scene where he, you know, throws Natalie against the car to help save her life. Um, And, yeah, Maggie, like you said, they have a really sweet moment, and you're like, oh, they're going to get together at the end. Like, this is great. Whatever. We're going to see Maggie happy and in a relationship all we've ever wanted. And then, turns out, Barry ain't who he says he is. Barry gets arrested. Like, What? Yeah, it's crazy. The whole situation is just nuts. Yeah. Um, also, something I want to talk about, um, but I guess let's talk about the last, like the last thing we have written in our outline because it kind of segues more into that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when Barry gets arrested, Al Olinsky is a big part of this episode. He is. And you know he's the one who ends up arresting Barry and whatever. But hashtag that awkward moment when Al gets more dialogue in one episode of Med than an entire season of PD. For real. Somebody had tweeted that. I can't remember who it was. I'm sorry if I missed it, but like, it's totally true. We have not seen Al at all on PD and he got more lines in this episode of Med than he has the whole season. Right. Yeah. And I mean, granted, from these episode descriptions that we just read, it looks like we're going to see a lot more of Al, Mm -hmm. which is great because I really like the character. I really like Elias, Elias' acting and I really like Alinsky is a character, but they've just dropped him off. It was like kind of after what? See, what was the last time we saw Michelle? Michelle? Oh wait, no, last season. Last season after um, Lexi died. Last season after Lexi died, it all went downhill for there for Al. For we real? haven't seen anything of Al really since then. No, we've only seen him supporting Void, and I swear to God, if I fall out of this chair again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I just think it, you know, like I said, hashtag that awkward moment. 
Yeah, it was just an interesting point because it's totally true. And it's just so noticeable when you've barely seen him in an entire season of PD and he shows up in med for like, you know, three or four scenes and you're like, wait a second, this is the most I've seen Al in like all this year. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And like we were rewatching the episode of PD from this week earlier and we were like literally counting Al's lines. Right, yeah, and I first of this thought, I was like, I don't even think Al's in this episode of PD, and then he finally starts showing up, like, halfway through, and I was like, oh, right, he did show up, but I forgot about it. Yeah. Because that's how, you know, memorable his things are, is they're not memorable. Right. And they're still trying to make that bit happen where he, like, pops up out of nowhere. But they used to do it so well. Yeah. Like, it used to be funny, and now it's just like, oh my god. Yeah. It's because they ruined his partnership with Ruzik. I mean, as much as I love Ruzik and Atwater, I, like, love me some Ruzik and Atwater partnership, but the Ruzik and Alinsky partnership was so good, and they ruined it. You think that's the moment they ruined Alinsky? Mm. I think they ruined Alinsky the minute he slut-shamed Burgess. Okay, I need a timeline. When did that happen? When she first got into intelligence. Last season? Right. When did he and Ruzik stop being partners? That is a good question. I don't think there was ever an official stop date. Right, but when did he and when did Ruzik and Atwater become more partner like consistent partners? Was no. that this season? Maybe. And Lexi died last season. So what came first? Burgess or Lexi? Burgess. Because Lexi Burgess was there when Lexi died. Or Burgess was there when Lexi was in the hospital. She was there for Al. So wait, that didn't come first? Burgess was in intelligence before Lexi died. Okay. I mean, clearly I need to, I haven't really watched ever, like, last season. Like, I haven't really watched it over. But that's not to say that we hate Al. We don't hate Al. No! I'm just, I hate the way he's being written now. Bingo. I don't hate Al. Like, like I said, I literally just said, I loved Al when he was with Ruzik. I liked when Al's bit was more funny in the earlier seasons. But now it's just like... They've put so much focus on everyone else, which is great, mm-hmm. but, like, because of that, they've pushed Al, like, to the bottom. Mm-hmm. Because he already had gotten so much shine time in, you know, the first couple of seasons, which I agree. And it is time for, you know, it's with Burgess to get episodes, Atwater, um, Antonio, everyone else. But that doesn't mean I don't want to see Al. Right. Like, if, if I don't want to see, like, if Al's not going to be seen, then, like, why is he still in intelligence at all? Like, why is he still around? Yeah, as in, like, come on, show us more of him. Right, like, why didn't he, if he, you know, if they're going to try to, like, write him out for, like, entire halves of episodes, then why didn't they just write him out and be like, okay, Al went to go grieve in blah, 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 random place, go grieve Lexi's death, and, like, that's it. Yeah. I would have been okay with that. Yeah. But, like, I'm not okay with him still being a major character on the show and being not around for a majority of the time. Right. Like, I just don't think it's good for a lot of things. <laughs> Gina's passing me the more wine. I'm not even finished with my second class. Yeah, but you have very little left. I'm just looking out for you. I know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, my last thing I kind of wanted to bring up with Med. So, Sarah's actions mm-hmm. in this episode. Are they surprising or not? Nah. Like I'm not surprised anymore. No. I'm not anymore. And, like, I think it's surprising to me that it continues to surprise everyone else at this point. Like, when she does something, like, with a, you know, the knife or the, whatever it is, like, 
it surprises everyone else in Mad World, especially Dr. Charles. I'm like, really? You know what, though? And I, like, I do relate to this, though, because, I mean, I feel like I'm a little too tipsy to be talking, like, depression and anxiety and getting real, but whatever. So, like, I get this because, you know, she had, like, really bad anxiety, right? And then she learned how to conquer it. And now she's kind of, like, getting a little too ambitious with it. And so, like, I've, like... I've dealt with that before. Like, yeah, where, like, you have an anxiety, you're, you have anxiety, you're really scared of something, you face that fear, and then you just, like, run with it, and then maybe you do too much right off the bat. So, like, I get where she's coming from. Yeah. I just don't think, I think Dr. Charles is kind of afraid for her. Yeah. He just has, it's, the whole thing's just. Yeah. That relationship is still has some ways to go. Mm-hmm. I just, like I said, I just thought it was more surprising than that it surprises everyone else. Yeah, I could see that. Like, everyone's like, wait, Sarah's doing what? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, really? Like, have you not watched an episode of season three of Mad? Like, clearly not. I know. So, yeah. But yeah, that's about all of our thoughts on Mad. You know, if you had any other thoughts on that episode of Mad, please send them to us. Because, again, we didn't really touch on the whole episode. We just kind of hit what we liked and what we didn't like. So, um, let's move on to Chicago PD. So, this episode of PD was crazy. I still don't really understand. I don't either. I know we... And it's we, not because I'm drunk. Well, I'm not drunk, but tipsy. Yeah. It's not because I'm tipsy. It's because I watched it this afternoon with Gino when we were sober, and I still don't understand. We literally looked at each other at one point midway through this episode, and we were like, I still am not completely clear on what's happening. Right, and I've seen it now, like, two or three times. Yeah, and so the first bit of, the first thought I had in here was that I am so sick and tired of seeing Kevin have gun, guns pulled on him. Right! Like, every time he goes undercover, he has a gun pulled on him. Yes. Like, that. the episode opens with Ruzik and Outwater going undercover, and then somebody pulls a gun Which on him. Which is great. Adorable. Love Ruzwater going undercover. Yes. But yeah, so, I mean, that was one thought we had. This new guy from Homicide comes in. Who the fuck is he? What? <laughs> literally, all I kept saying was, like, I don't understand why he's around. He like, literally what is served, his point? Yeah, he served no purpose. But especially because for the last ten minutes of the episode, like, once they solved the homicide, like, once they solved the homicide part, he's like, oh, but I think I'm gonna get out of here. And then they still have the, like, where Hugo's undercover part. And I'm like, but this is the main part of the episode. Like, what are you... Like, what is literally your point? I can't even tell you his name. What is his name? I don't know. I don't remember. Um, And it's funny because the first scene that he comes in, you know, Voight's like, this is so-and-so from Homicide, and he's really good police. And the guy says, well, you're just saying that because my brother just turned chief of patrol. Guys, we listened to this scene, like, four times over. We still could not catch what he said. So... I heard that he discharged Voight from patrol. Brian, I heard that he turned chief of patrol. And then both of us were like, did he turn chief of parole? <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah. We had no idea. We literally, like you said, we literally, on the smart TV in our hotel room, we literally went back like 10 times and could not figure it out. We could not figure it out, no. So if you think you know what he said, let us know. Let us know. Um, but on another note, Ruzik learned Spanish at some point. Yeah, did he pick up lessons from Marina? Right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know when he learned Spanish, but either way, I thought it was pretty hot. Oh my god, if so, yeah. I know. And I'm just like, I I tweeted the night of the episode, too. I just imagined Ruzik, like, listening to Rosetta Stone trying to learn Spanish. And just... Yeah. One, it's funny you say that. So, the, art, the BuzzFeed article we just read about the guy from Princess Diaries turning yes. hot. Like, I want... 
the fact that Rizik speaks Spanish to just be like a small part of that episode. That oh article. my god, that article was so funny. If you guys have seen the BuzzFeed article where they talk about the guy from the Brady Bunch movie getting super hot and then it's Jesse, BuzzFeed did another one today about the guy from the Princess Diaries being super hot and surprise, it's Patty. Yeah. Oh my god, it's Gina hilarious. Gina tweeted it on her timeline today, today being Friday, so if you follow Gina, which you should, on Twitter individually, um, you can go find it. But yeah, it's pretty great. Like, it literally is brand new to today, so I just, like I said, it just reminds me of, like, obviously us talking about Rusey being hot, like, they're talking about Patty. It's just funny. So funny. It's at Gina Watches TV. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it was funny. So, yeah, so he learned Spanish at some point, and, you know, it, I, yeah, we were all just like, hmm. Okay. okay. Hi. Hi. Yeah. There you are. <laughs> but we also need to talk about that scene when they all find the rapists. Oh my god. I know. The first, it's funny because, so we're going to talk about this Ruzik gif, and it's funny because I didn't watch the PD episode live, I was working, I was working a game, um, and the first thing I saw when I was scrolling through Twitter, because a big part of my job for that is, you know, scrolling through Twitter and being on Twitter, so the first thing I saw was Gina tweeting about, like, you know... The gif, and it was like that moment when you find out that you know Roman slept with Burgess or whatever, all those things. And I was like, "What is this? Like, what does this gif come from? Like, what moment in the show?" And so I was super curious. And then I watched it. I was like, "This is ten times funnier." Yeah, so funny. It's just like the it's the way he like approaches the facial expression. Right, he's like, yeah, you just have to go see it. It's, it's like everywhere. dramatic entrance, eyes widen. It's just so funny. It's really funny. It's great. And then of course, I mean. Yeah, so they all have their reactions to this. Obviously, there's, you know, they, these these serial rapists are basically, revenge is being taken out on them. And, I, yeah, I'm not going to go into depth, but it, it's bad enough that Marina tweeted that all of the men watching PD needed to avert their eyes. Bingo. There, we'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, Jay was like, well, that's one way to take care of a rapist. And Ruzik, in typical Ruzik fashion, just goes, you've got to be kidding me. They cut them off. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was amusing. Of course they did. Of course they did. I love when PD just doesn't pull punches. No. So funny. And so... They just go for it. They just go for it, yeah. And so... I um, like this next scene in the bullpen. Indeed, yes. Um, I love, love, love the episodes when Burgess, like, throws caution to the wind and is like, fuck all, and just says exactly what's on her mind. Right. And so, basically, we... The, the criminal... Was she a CIQ? No, because they found her at the bar. Right. See, we're still so confused. Yeah, we're still so confused. And so they basically talk about, you know, this this girl Q that they're working with. And she's a, she's a criminal. Not a CI, but she's some sort of criminal. And, uh, you know, Alinsky points out that a woman in the driver's seat of a car lowers the, the risk of arrest by 50 or 60%. And Burgess goes, well, we don't profile women as criminals because they're not strong enough or not tough enough. And Ruzi goes, well, that's a bit of an overstatement. And Atwater's like, well, actually, she's kind of got a point. And that was really, I love when Burgess just is completely unfiltered and says exactly what's on her mind. Yeah, for it's sure. It's so good. We also had a conversation off of this. We were like, I wonder who loves Burgess more. Like, I bet you they have fights about it. Oh, they totally fight over who's more BFF with Burgess. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I, I wish you knew how I met your mother better, but like, Barney and Marshall always fight over who's more of Ted's BFF, and by... Barney and Marshall, I mean, mostly Barney. Barney's like, but I'm your BFF, right? I'm your Barney best friend. Barney is Neil Patrick Harris, right? Yes. And Marshall Ooh. is Jason Siegel. And Ted is Josh, Josh Radner. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so they always fight over that. And so I'm sure Ruzik's like, but I was engaged to her. And I wonder if like, we were partners. Like, right. Yeah, so cute. That, I mean, that was, yeah, that was really good. And so, you know, we had that going on. Burgess chased a girl like a mile. Through a lo- community center? Yes. Look at that badass scene. Oh, my God. And she just kept running and going. When you said Marina said somewhere or tweeted something or whatever that it took like nine hours to film or yeah. something like that, that's incredible. Yeah. That chase scene is like probably one of my favorite chase scenes. It was pretty badass. I'd be bitching to high heaven if I had to film a nine hour chase scene. Well, just because I think it's so fun because like they're going through literally a crowd of people like in all these different rooms and they're like, move, get out the way, get on the wall, like get over there. It's, it's a lot of fun. That was really badass. It was really, really badass. Uh, we saw more development with Burgess and Upton's friendship. Yeah. Which is, it's coming along slowly, but I'm okay with that. Agree. Agree. And, like, in the TV Guide article, mm-hmm. um, you know, they talk about we're going to get more Burgess and Upton scene. So, yeah, it's coming along. It's coming along, yeah. But I it's- like that we're at least seeing, like, this is the first season of both of them around. Yeah. You know, and we're already seeing multiple scenes. And they're developing the friendship from the beginning. Right. Because I won't lie, Burgess and Lindsay felt really forced. Right. For sure. Because you would see it only on occasion. And I get it. Burgess wasn't an intelligence. Like, I get it. You know, they didn't have as much overlap as, say, Burgess and Upton do. But, like, still, it just felt, like you said, it felt very forced. It just didn't ever feel right. Right. So this is developing nicely. Also, going off of things with Upton developing... A lot of people, and we got an email about it, too, um, about the Upton and Jay scene. Yeah. That was, I don't know how to feel about it. I I mean, I like, for me, I'm like, okay, that was nice. But they, you did point out to me when we watched it, we, we watched that scene a couple of times, um, the Upton had a nice little dig at Jay. Little one. Um, about dating at CI. <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. Yeah, I just, I took that as bonding. I didn't really. Right, that's what I kind of took it as. Some people took it as a little bit more than that, and that you kind of maybe saw as like a little bit of a flirty nature. Me. I didn't see that, but I mean, I guess I could see how someone thought that. But yeah. I didn't see that necessarily. Mm, I don't know. And so. But just something else to throw out there. The other big thing that we really wanted to touch on in this episode, because it was something that really stood out to us, is that the Voight and Burgess relationship kind of showed itself in this episode, and it was interesting. It's weird. It is, yeah, because... It's weird. Something I had brought up to Brenda when we were re-watching this was that, you know, Voight has a different relationship with each member of Intelligence. And with Burgess, it almost seems like he passes her off. Like, in terms of developing as a cop, she's kind of self-taught. She's self-taught, and then there's what she basically learns from Antonio and Alinsky, and now even Upton. Right, well, you could even throw, I mean, I guess with the self-taught, you could even throw Atwater in there from the time they were partners. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, it's just, it's so, I just think this idea of Voight, like, if if you're talking about, like, Voight being the center of, like, a thing and then having everyone else, like, be lines, like, drawn out from him, like, every every single relationship of Voight in intelligence is different. Mm -hmm. Like, every single one of them. And I just think it makes her fascinating characterizations of all these characters yeah like it's just so interesting to dive into and I really I hope at some point this weekend when we're around all these you know there's a lot of people from BD PD here I just want to pick their brains yeah like I really hope we get to pick some of their brains about this because it's 
so interesting to me. Because, I, yeah, Voight usually passes her off, but then there were times in this episode where he would say things that I was like, I... Oh, wait, are you Voight? Did yeah. You take over by I was like, I would Amy? not peg you for saying that. There was, um, you know, when she she made a couple lines about, like, how she wishes her sister had had, like, that protection or whatever. And then at the end of the episode, she walks in, and she levels with him, and she's like, I really wouldn't have cared if Q had killed Pena. And Voight just, like, took out his drinkware and like they just had some drinks together and he well, was yeah, like and they had that really awkward moment where they were having drinks together and it was like Burgess drank first and then Voight drank second and I was just like what I was like if you're gonna drink together like no cheers like I was just like this is so weird it was interesting yeah because Voight's usually very hands-off with Burgess so it was very weird to see him kind of be like I understand where you're coming from yeah but it, it, at the same time you know we were talking about this when we were watching like, Voight says, you know, basically, like, I understand, like, coming at it from a personal place. And I understand that Burgess, you know, there's the whole episode last season with Burgess's sister and whatever. But at the same time, it wasn't, like, Pena killed or was the one who raped Burgess's sister. Right. So, like, she really just kind of was like, oh, well, I can kind of relate to this in some way that, like, I have someone in my family who was raped. Where I feel like usually when Voight takes things personally, it's because the person they're going after was actually somehow involved in something that like personally offended Voight mm-hmm. but that wasn't the case with Burgess so even Voight was like even though Voight was like I can relate like it's still very different situations yeah yeah I just yeah so we've got a list of questions going that we want, we're hoping to ask this weekend and the Voight Burgess relationship is one of them really just Voight like whoever we talk to like if we're talking to John Seda or Jesse Lee Soffer or LaRoyce like, we're just going to be like, so, let's talk about this Voight and insert character here dynamic. For real. Like, why does Voight treat everybody differently? Right. It's interesting. Yeah. But, yeah, if you have any thoughts on the Voight-Burgess dynamic or the Voight-anybody dynamic, really, just email us. Let us know. We, because we could go into a whole podcast. We could that. talk about it forever. Forever. Even when we're not drunk, we could talk about it. <laughs> So the last thing we're going to move into, of course, is Chicago Fire. Um, oh, yeah. I did not get to watch this live. I don't think you did it either. No, right? I was asleep. No, I watched it uh, this morning at the airport, actually. But I watched it, yeah, this morning at like 6 a.m. on the plane. So, of course, we left off with Severide and Casey's giant leap into the water below with the fireball behind them, <laughs> a.k.a. like coolest action shot ever. It really is, though. Like, the more I look at that photograph, like the screen, the one that we thought, like, for, like, that's a really cool shot. It really is. It's a really cool shot. It's pretty badass. So, you know, of course, they both go into the water. Casey's all, you know, I'm back. I stuck the landing, whatever. That was awesome. But there's no Severide. No. No. So Severide pops up and Severide's also out cold. Yep. So they send in Stella and... Why Stella? Exactly. I have questions here. So... Kelly pops up and Stella's like, holy shit, he's unconscious. What the hell do we do? And Stella's like, I'm going to harness up and I'm going to go get him. And I'm all for that. Like, that's great. Get your man out of the water. Um, But why wasn't it Severide's right-hand man, Cap? Is Cap Severide's right-hand man? Cap is the first person Severide goes to in squad. You bring up something very interesting. Severide is the, Cap is the first person Severide goes to. Very interesting. Like, always, no matter what. I've literally never noticed that. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. It's always Cap. Okay. I'll and, it, like, even, does it matter who, like, so when Newhouse was there, or now that Joe, like, Cruz is there, it doesn't matter. 
Cap is the first one. Oh my god, Newhouse. You just took it old school. <laughs> I miss him. I liked him. He also had a weird exit. He didn't have an exit. Yes. He didn't have it. He just disappeared off the face of the earth. I know. That's Everyone true. on squad has a weird exit. Like the guy that they brought in recently, like several years old, like BFF, like childhood BFF. I can't even remember his name. That like had like an injury or whatever the fuck. It, like where did he, what happened to him? Where when like his go? whole unit died. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't remember his what name. What happened to him? I don't Was know. that last season? Yes. He got Wasn't transferred he to another house. April. No, he was friends with Casey. No, he was also somebody was friends with April. Rice. They go to, You're thinking of Rice. But that's not the same guy? No. Rice was the one who was like ducking at the end of like season three, four. Well, what happened to Rice? Mm. Where did he? He was ducking. He got fired. What the hell? No. Literally everyone on squad just kind of disappears. Like Jeff, before he ended up back on med, Jeff just disappeared. You are correct. But anyway, I know. not a, but not the point. But yes, Cap is Severide's right hand man. So, Something we should ask Granny about. Somehow Stella gets in this harness and Mouch is like, you got this, Stella. You Stella, go, girl. Yeah. Stella's like, I know. It's like the 1996 Olympics and Bella Caroli's like, you go, little piggy. Um, I know. You weren't alive then. I was, Stop. but I was one. Whatever. Anyway. Weren't those the Atlanta Olympics? This is the Atlanta Olympics in 1996, yes. I don't know. <laughs> So, yeah, and so Stella gets Severide, you know, brings him up, whatever. He's, like, out cold. All I'm saying is, thank God Severide was not face down in this water. They took forever to get to him. Yeah. At least when Nathan was in the water in One Tree Hill, like, Lucas was in there and like that. Lucas doesn't even have training. We need to watch that episode since we have access to Hulu. torment ourselves but lucas didn't even have training lucas was in there like that oh yeah and lucas had him on the shore like no problem yeah exactly exactly but yeah so they get Severide out of the water they land down whatever and the first thing that happens Severide comes to he's like coughing up water whatever the first thing out of his mouth he's like where's casey where's casey oh my god my heart the cutest my heart the cutest i loved it so much I was, try- I was sitting there on the plane, literally in a middle seat, like one person on my right, one person on my left, like two guys, like older gentlemen, whatever. And I was like trying not to smile and like laugh so hard. I was like, this is the cutest thing ever. It was so cute. But it's also like 6 a.m. And again, I'm in a middle seat on an airplane. Ew. Like, you know, trying to hold myself together. But like, I can't. Adorable. It makes me wonder too, since Stella was the one who was like, I'm going to harness up and go get him. Like, does she have squad training? I don't know. Wouldn't surprise me if she did. No, she's Ambo training. But it wouldn't surprise me if she had squad training. No, it wouldn't. She's Stella. I know. She's like woman of all trades. I wonder. No, because we don't see it from anyone else. I don't know. I don't know who else has squad training. Yeah. So, also, while this is going on, there's a photojournalist dude. I know, he's the worst. And he's just, like, snapping pictures, blah, blah, blah. And he takes credit as the guy who snaps the picture of them, like, jumping off the building with the action shot behind them. Yeah. He's a total dweeb. Like, I was venting about this. We were walking back from Navy Pier this afternoon. Um, and I was venting about this on the sidewalk, literally, like, yelling about it. <laughs> he refers to himself for the first time. I can't remember if it's at the scene or when they're in Bowden's office. But whatever. He refers to himself as a professional photojournalist. Okay. 
I'm not a photojournalist, but I am a journalist. You know, I do a lot of writing. I work with a lot of people in this business. Nobody in the profession calls themselves a fucking professional whatever. Like, it is just, I am a photojournalist. I am a journalist. I cover whatever I cover. Nobody calls themselves a fucking professional this. I was like, you're giving this profession a bad name. Like, stop. Bryna, hi, I'm Gina. I'm a professional podcaster. Right. Right. And I was giving you examples like, hi, I'm Bryna. I'm a professional blogger. Like, no. I am a blogger. I am a journalist. I am a podcaster. Just, yeah. No. It gives us bad name. I mean, granted, everything else he did in this episode gives photojournalists a bad name, but still. Well, I'm like, how he's right up in the action. I'm like, dude, just get a zoom lens and shoot from afar. Right. Nobody is ever actually, like, granted, yes, everything he was saying true later on about, like, having the right to be there, like, that is all true. I'm free, like, whatever. That is all true. But no one is stupid enough to get that close to anything. Just not... Because it endangers the situation, and it puts yourself in the middle of the story. Yeah. But also, because it's stupid. Right, and if you put yourself in the middle of things to the point that you're in the way, it kills your credibility. Right, exactly. Like, yeah. Just. It was just bad. Yeah. Brenda, go ahead. I also have, guys, this photojournalist got invited to a fucking cigar chat. What the hell? It's a rookie mistake on Casey and Severide's part, because they're the ones who invited him, right? Right. They were like, um, because the guy was like, oh, because do- he, he's doing a, like, day in the life story on 51. And so he's, like, taking photos of him, and they're like, he's like, oh, just keep going, like, what you're going. He's like, where are you guys going? Then they were like, well, actually, we're going to have a cigar chat. And the guy kind of invites himself on a little bit. Um, but yeah. What the fuck? He has a cigar with... Casey and Severide. I don't even smoke cigars, but that is my dream. Cigar chats are sacred. That is my dream, Gina. <laughs> I wouldn't even know what to do. I would just hold it and be like, uh. No, I would never smoke because the asthma. Like, I would never do a cigar, but like, just being invited to the sacredness of a cigar chat. That is my dream. Yeah. That's my sick. dream. So. That was crazy. And then, of course, we had the whole scene where he crept on Dawson in the shower, which is 59 different types of wrong. Casey should have decked him. Yeah. Yeah, just... Just go one, two, bam. Just shoved him against the wall and just, like, punched his lights out. I don't know. But there was that sweet moment when Dawson was like, that was creepy. And Casey just, like, put his hand up, like, I got this. Don't worry. That was cute. That was cute. Cute little Dawson moment. But then Chief Huffines comes in, and, like, this was one of those moments where, like... Dawson and her men, like, they had her back. Like, Casey and Severide and Bowden were like, don't nope. you fuck with our Gabby. Yep. Don't do it. And Chief Huffines kind of seemed a little odd about it. Yeah. He was just like, so they invite him, obviously, to the firehouse and, you know, Bowden and Severide and I think Severide's there. If not, then it's just Bowden, Gabby, and Matt. Like, they're all having conversations. No, Sev was there. I thought Sev was there. Um, and so they're having a conversation and Sever and you know Bowden's like, well, we're gonna call the police. Like, we're gonna file a complaint. And Huffines was like, no, 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 no. Like, let me take care of it. Like, whatever, it's fine. I'm like, and Bowden's like, no. He's like, we're taking care of this. Like, we're making sure shit gets done. <laughs> but yeah, and like Huffines just like he wanted to do everything himself, but it wasn't in like a oh my god, I'm so sorry. Like, let me take care of this. It was like a. No, I'm trying to hide something else. Like, yeah. let me, like, throw this under the dirt. I'm not actually going to complain to the CPD. 
Which, like, we didn't find out about, like, the, I don't know, Chief Hoffines was weird about it. We haven't found out anything yet. Maybe I we'll find it out next episode. I we will. Episode. I don't know if we will, but. It won't be next episode, because we're going to be, like, knee-deep in crossover. True. So the only problem with crossovers is, like, anything really storyline-wise that happens in the episode before gets pushed to, like, two weeks later. I mean, I'm not complaining. I mean, I'm not like, complaining, yeah. but, like, that's the problem with crossovers. Yeah. And so the other thing we got in this episode was a whole ton of Stellaride. Yep. Yes, please. Yeah. And, I mean, I thought it was interesting because a lot of the Stellaride that happened in this episode, it was very much Sev kind of coming to the realization that, like, oh, shit, maybe I do actually have feelings for Stella. Mm-hmm. Even though there was never actually any words said that, like, made, that implied that, but, like, just the way he acts and whatever, kind of the looks on his face really implied that. But this episode really doesn't seem to fit in line with what Miranda said in the interview that we talked about, about, you know, the Stellaride ship having sailed. Like, to me, Stellaride seems to be pretty full steam ahead. Yeah. But, like, so I'm just curious, like, with this secret, like, whatever Stella finds out about Sev, um, like, I'm just really curious to see how the tables turn. Yeah. Um, But also, I think, for me, this was a really big episode because we've talked about this. Like, I'm not, like, I don't ship Stellaride. Like, I actively, I don't hate them, but, like, I'm not like, oh, my God, I need more Stellaride in my life. And I really like them in this episode, and I love their slow burn. Like, I think their slow burn is one of the best I've seen. Like, it's so well done. It's so slow. And just, like, their constant flirtiness and whatever, like, all the time, like, I really like that part. And if it was just going to be the flirtiness and the slow burn and whatever, like, if that was all Chicago Fire was ever going to be, like, I'd totally be in on Stellaride. Mm-hmm. But for me, like, I don't see Stellaride, or Stellaride, I don't see Stella being Severide's, like, person. Like, I see him being, I see her being his Shay, like, Shay 2.0. Ooh. Like, I don't see him, her being his, like, one, like, his romantic, like, this is my person, this is my soulmate, this is my one. So for me, like, I have a hard time shipping them, but I do really love, especially this episode, like, I love their flirtiness, like, when he has that whole thing where he... Like, face that he's still really more injured than he is, and he, like, throws her on the couch. Like, that was really great. Mm-hmm. And, like, just all the, like, looks that he gave her, like, that was all really great. But I can't, like, for me, like, I was trying to picture on the plane. Again, things after I watched this episode I was doing. I was trying to picture them on the plane, like, if they, you know, if Stella drops Zach and, like, they became, like, a couple, like, what does that look like? And for me, like, I just can't picture it. Like, I can't, like, I don't really think of Stella being Severide's, like, romantic one. If Stella drops Zach and gets with Sev? Yes. Like, hmm. I can't picture Stella being Severide's, like, romantic, like, his soulmate. Like, I picture her being, like, a like a Shay 2.0. Interesting. And so, for me, like, I just can't get behind being shipping, like, shipping them, even though I really, like, in this episode really showed me how much I do love their slow burn and I do love their flirtiness. Like, I just can't be like, oh my god, I ship them because I can't picture them being, like, in an actual committed relationship. And maybe that's just because we've never seen Severide in an actual committed relationship. No, we did with Anna. I mean, yes, we did. But, like, unfortunately, Anna didn't last. As much as I hate to say it because I loved Anna and Anna was my favorite of Severide's ships, even though I didn't really think I was going to like Anna in the beginning. But she was. She was my favorite of Severide's ships. But, like, I, I don't know. That's interesting that you say that. I mean, I ship them only because, like, you know, Stella's been vetted. She's not insane. Right. Like, she's not going to up and die on him. Right. She's been vetted. I, that's why I, like, I'm totally okay with them. And she gets him. 
Right, but that's also kind of why I feel like she's his Shay 2.0. Because of all, I mean, granted, Shay died, but like, she, that was Shay for him. Mm-hmm. Was Shay knew him better than anyone else. Mm-hmm. You know, Shay wasn't going to let him put him up, put, wasn't going to let him, you know, give her all this crap. Like, she was going to tell him the truth, whether he wanted to hear it or not. Like, that to me just reminds me of Shay. Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't. And I guess because Anna was different. Mm-hmm. Like, Anna brought out this different side in him mm-hmm. that, to me, was like, oh, wow. Like, this was his person. Yeah. Like, it was more of, like, a getting him to open up and, like, see a different side of him. Whereas, like, Stella, I see him, like I said, like, I see Stella more like Shay. Like, Stella knows him better than anyone else already. And, you know, she can read him better than it. Like, just, like, I, so for me, like, that's why I see it. Whereas Anna was just so different mm-hmm. that, like, I'm put Anna in, like, the romantic category and I put Stella not in the romantic category. Despite me liking all their flirtiness. Wow. Yeah. Hot take. Hot Drop take. I know. Guys, what do you think of that? Like, do you think <laughs> of Stella more as a Shay or do you think Stella and Seb have, like, a romantic endgame potential there? I think it's just also so hard because the first time we ever really saw it, it got dropped before we could even see it. True. And so for me, I'm like, oh, well, if it got dropped that fast. I mean, yeah. granted, there were a bunch of different circumstances around why it got dropped the first time. But, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, for me, it's such hard to picture. Yeah. Does it mean that, like, if it happens... That I will not be open to it, and, like, you know, I would. But for me, yeah. And I think it's just because the fact that, like, maybe now we're finally starting to see Severide push the, like, not playboy type. But, like, we just, I think he needs to push that, like, he needs to get rid of that first. Before he can be, like, before I can be, like, okay. Like, because for me, I just, like, I'm just going to picture him be, like, okay, well, like, he can't be with anybody. Which is why it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Brittany. Because you do bring up a good point that he's been very good this season. He hasn't been sleeping around. It hasn't been like the cycle of Severide aside from with Hope. Brittany? Renee. Yeah. Fuck. Renee. Sorry. Although we do not know if Severide is technically divorced from Brittany. No, no. Disregard Brittany. I meant Renee. I know. It's interesting with Renee coming back because we're going to see how he behaves. But you're right that he has been pretty good this season. We've only gone around the cycle of Severide once. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm, like, I think also for me, like, I'm still going to be so forever bitter about the way Anna, the Anna stuff was dealt with. I mean, I feel like there's no good way for a character to die. Oh, I know, but I'm bitter about the fact that she had to die. I know. Like, like, especially because I grew to like her so much, Mm -hmm. and I liked what she did for Sev so much, Mm -hmm. and then she had to go die. And then Sev went in a hole. What hole? He was, like, sleeping with chicks two episodes later. Yeah, but that one episode where they, like, all come to his apartment. Oh, my God. He was so sad. Right. The <sighs> saddest little puppy dog. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Which was something else I wanted to bring up about Med. How, like, when Nat got sick or Nat was, like, you know, once they found out Nat had a, co- like, had, had a concussion, Will was the saddest little puppy dog ever. That's beside the point. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah so... Uh, you know, the, the, there was so much Stella ride, and we're going to see what happens. And Stella and Zach went on a date, and then Stella started, started talking about Sev, and, like... Well, and Zach asked Stella to meet his sister, and, like, that's becoming more serious, and... That's, that's a big deal, to meet his sister? <laughs> to him, it is. Charlie met my sister. It wasn't, like, that big of a deal. I was like, this is my sister. This is my niece. Well, like, how soon? 
I mean, but she lives in, she lives far away from me, though. Right. No, I know. I'm just saying. But yeah, to Zach, that was a big deal. Okay. I mean, I think, I don't know. Uh, yeah, but it's just interesting. But I like, really thought Zach was going to ask Stella, though, to move in. But, like, you could also get the vibe from that conversation when they went to dinner. Like, you could get the vibe that it's getting weird between them. I think it's getting weird on Stella's part. It's not getting weird on Zach's part. Not necessarily. Well, though, she only talks about Zip. So. You can't tell me that Zach hasn't picked up on it, though. Oh, no, he definitely has. The minute that Zach put that blanket around Stella after that call, she was like, oh, God, yeah, you're here, too. Yeah, which is why this, what, I want to know what Stella finds out about Sev. True. Like, I'm so, like, because how does that change, you know, it not only is going to change the dynamic likely about between Stella and Sev, but also the dynamic likely between Stella and Zach. Yeah. So, lots of layers. So much Stella, so much Severide, so much Zach. Yeah. Not complaining one bit. No. Goodness. Um... Towards the end of the episode, when the photog guy got hit by a car, I definitely laughed my ass off. Oh, it's so funny. Laughed so hard. Um, I felt bad that Casey felt really bad about saving him, though. Casey felt guilty. And I was like, Casey, but like... No. And then I think... But it's funny because obviously this whole episode, kind of like the C storyline is Herman's whole life, life coach, coach thing. Yeah. Um, which we we didn't put this in an outline, but I want to talk about the um, Odith's Lily thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, so... But then, like, Bowden gives his advice to Casey about, you know, saving lives or whatever. I'm like, see, Bowden should be the life coach. Yes. Not Herman. Yes. Um, but kind of before we talk about the last scene of the episode, should we talk about the Otis and Lily thing? Yeah, man. Um, I, Gina and I, we were kind of having a conversation about this earlier. I take the Otis and Lily, like Lily really considering moving to Hawaii is like, what the fuck? We just got Otis a love interest for the first time really (laughs) since Katie and like she might move to Hawaii. But Gina, you have a different take on it. Yeah, I just thought that this was, this was Herman getting in her head. I think Otis got mad at Herman because Otis was like, well, like, motherfucker, now you're getting my girlfriend, you're convincing my girlfriend to move to Hawaii. But she was already wanting to move to Hawaii pre-Otis. Yeah, but I think, I think he was just getting in her head about it. I think that's why, like, I don't think she's actually going to do it. That's a big freaking step. I hope she doesn't because Otis just got into a relationship. Also, the Whirly Ball, isn't that what they play at the, or they used to play, well, they didn't happen this year, but the Whirly Cup thing. The Whirly Cruise tournament that Joe does? Yeah. Love that little, like, throw in. I know, and I I keep wanting to come up here for Whirly Cruise, but the scheduling is never ideal. Well, they didn't have it this year. They didn't. They need to, though. Yeah. Yeah. But I was just like, I saw it, and I was like, great, Whirly Cruise. I was like, that's great. I would get my ass up here so fast for that if the schedule worked out. Yeah. Like, that was cool. That was a cool, like, nod. And if you've never played Whirly Ball, you need to, because it is so much fun. It's like bumper cars and lacrosse. I've played it before. It's a thing? Oh my god, yes. You've never played Whirly Ball? No, I thought it was just, like, something that, like, they made up for this charity No, thing. no, it's a thing. It's, like, bumper cars and lacrosse, and it is right. so much fun. Right, no, I know so what it fun. is. I didn't realize it was, like, a real thing beyond this, like, fundraiser. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's real. It's so my much fun. My mind is blown. It is so much fun. But if you get really competitive with it, because when I worked at Starbucks, I played it with my coworkers, and if you get, like, super competitive, like, we came into work the next day with, like, bruises all over our legs because we were like, you're going down. That's crazy. It is so much fun. You need to get some friends together in D.C. and do it. It's a lot of fun. It's a fine place to go bumper, find bumper cars. 
No, not bumper cars. Whirly ball. They're two different things. No, but don't you say that you need bumper cars? Well, you do, but whirly ball and bumper cars are like two different things. No, I know, but you have to find a place that has bumper cars to you play You have to find a place ball. that has That's whirly ball. That's what I meant. Yeah. Well, yes, but that ha- you have to basically find a place that has bumper cars yes. in order to have a place that has whirly ball. Whirly ball is fun. Right. So I'd have to find a place that first has bumper cars. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I meant. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, so much fun. Anyway, so, so yeah, I'm just something to keep an eye on. Um, but I really like Arian and Reinhardt, and I really like the Otis Lily relationship. So I hope Lily doesn't move to Hawaii. Yeah, Arian, if you're out there, we'd love to have you on the podcast. Seriously, I'm gonna keep tweeting you. Yeah, for real, we would love, love, love to have you on the podcast. Hit us up, please. Please. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Brenda, do you want to talk about the last scene? Yeah. So the last scene, Severide shows up at like. Dossie is having, like, a nice night in, you know, watching some TV, whatever. And Severide shows up. And Severide knocks on the door and, you know, Casey answers. Casey's like, well, what are you doing here? And Severide's like, I just wanted to hang out. And he's like, I tried texting you. And he's like, Casey's like, oh, yeah, my phone's, like, on the charger or whatever. So Casey obviously, of course, invites him in. And, like, the three of them just, like, end up having, like, beers and, like, it's just, Severide wanted to be around his BFFs. So cute. It's so great. Ugh. That's one of my favorite scenes in just, like, all of Fire. It was so cute. Like, it's just a good, like, and we've been, like, we've talked about it before, like, how we really don't see enough of, like, Dossie plus Severide. And, right. Like, or Dawson and Severide or whatever, and we've really gotten a whole lot of that this season, mm-hmm. and it makes me super happy. Well, didn't Severide say, he's like, I just wanted to spend time with my favorite old married couple? Right, Yeah. The cutest. Right. I love it. Adorable. Love it. Yeah. So that scene, like, was a great way to end the episode. For sure. For sure. But yeah, that kind of wraps it up for the week. Um, Brenna, any overall thoughts? Um, yeah. I mean, I was telling you, I think, I think as much as I love PD, PD was definitely the weakest this week. I agree. Um, there were some good moments, but it was definitely the weakest. Um, like I said, kudos to the med writers for that fairy twist because I did not see that coming at all. Um, yeah, and just a general, like, all, you know, good all-around episode for fire. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll completely agree with that. I, like, keep thinking about the news. There's a lot of, like, ifs and theories and things we're gonna have to check back in on while we start watching all these episodes. Yeah, for Um, real. But, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that's a wrap on our episode for today um the thing is guys is that since we're here in chicago and we're at this convention i mean we're going to be releasing episodes like daily so you're going to get this episode on saturday we're going to record on saturday night recapping our saturday and then sunday and just it's just keep your eyes peeled to social media guys because we are just going to be blowing it up yeah we really don't have like a set schedule for this weekend and like if we do we're like we're going to do some interviews we're not we're still not really sure who it's yet and whatever. Like, will they be individual episodes? Will we? Will I put them all together as one? Really unsure. So, yeah, just keep peeled to social media. Keep peeled to just your iTunes library or wherever you find our podcast. Um, just keep, like, keep refreshing because there's going to be a lot of content coming out over the next week. Yes, and you guys, if you like the show, please, please, please rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher. Please, please, please. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't like the show, that sucks. But please email us at meetusatmollies at gmail.com with constructive criticism on how we can get better. 
If you have any theories you want to throw around, throw them out to us. Meet us on allays at gmail.com. Um, we're all over social media. And if you guys are here at OCE this weekend and you're receiving your registration packets, you probably saw our business card in there. Yeah. Um, we are all over face we are all over social media. It's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. We are meet us at Molly's like everywhere. If you see us this weekend, guys, say hi. Yeah. We love to interact with people. So please, please, please say hi. We won't bite, we promise. Yeah. Not at all. Especially if you start with like a, your your like conversation off with a theory, like you're we... channeling gonna get at me and Gina's attention. Oh yeah, if you start with a theory, we will chat with you for hours. Yeah, hours. So yeah, if you see us, please don't hesitate to say hi. We are like we don't bite at all. Um, follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Gina Watches TV. Brenna. I am at Brenna K13. And Ashley, who we miss ever so much, she is at Ashnick095. It is Nick, and I see there is no K. I know. I feel like we haven't talked to Ashley. Like, I mean, obviously we text. Yes. But, like, I feel like we haven't talked to Ashley, like, on Skype or whatever, like, in, like, a year. I know. Even I though it hasn't her, been a I year. miss her so much. I know. I do, too. I it's wish she insane. was here. But, yes, keep an eye on social media, guys. We're going to be updating you as much as we can. Also, should we talk about kind of our idea for our schedule for, like, just episodes? Like, because like, we're going to do one episode on the crossover yeah. that's going to come out. Um, so, yeah, so in terms of how we're going to release our, our normally scheduled episodes this week, um, so we're going to release um, our normal episode on Friday, which is going to talk about Med's episode. Just Med. Just Med. And then on Monday the 12th is we're going to release our big, like, crossover episode. We're going to talk about both PD and Fire. In one episode. In one episode, Yeah. yeah. So that's about it. But yeah, I mean, keep in touch with us, guys. We're pretty active on social media. We're at the con all weekend. We are here in Chicago. Yeah, that's about it. So if you see us this weekend, please say hi. And we will see you guys probably in like 24 hours because we're going to record again. So bye.